On the show today, Rich and I discuss football, chili, and enjoy a barrel-aged cocktail. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the January 29th, 2023 edition of Coffee and Cochon. So, Rich, uh, it is that time. It is uh, the end of football season. It is the beginning of winter. Um, it's even getting cold in Texas and Arkansas. And um, uh, that means it's time for chili. And honestly, when I think of like a great tailgate food uh, for one of these great football games, uh, and as we're recording this right now, the NFC and AFC championships uh, are being played to decide who goes to the Super Bowl. I think chili. Uh, it is one of my favorite uh, wintertime foods. It's hearty. It's meaty. Um, it's something you can uh, easily make in big batches for all your buddies who come over to see a game. And uh, it does not, and I repeat, does not contain beans. No. <laughs> no, it does not. We're just going to establish that on the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rich, uh, is chili one of those things you go to uh, in the winter as well? Yes, because it's not only everything that you just said, but it's also a food that is better the next day. So it's one of those things you can make a big batch of, and it's it's not going to be disappointing to eat the leftovers, but exciting to eat the leftovers. Amen to that. Uh, It is one of those foods where, like, the flavors all sort of meld together uh, better after it sits a little bit, um, which is why it's one of those things you can just put in like a slow cooker and let go and do whatever you're going to do. Watch your game, um, you know, go to work, whatever. <laughs> and when you get back, you've got yourself a damn good pot of chili. Um, tell me this, uh, chili, obviously traditionally made, uh, with beef. And I love that. I love a good traditional Texas beef chili, but are there other meats you like to use in chili as well? So I am generally just a beef guy, ground chuck, of course, but I have experimented with things like adding some chorizo to it. Oh yeah. And that turned out well, I I've done, uh, some, some meat mixtures, but, uh, I, I really find that if you're going to try to change it up, that the chorizo or something like that is the way to go. But I, uh, I do tend to go for just beef. Now, one thing I have done and it's not something I do often, but sometimes I like to do, rather than ground meat, I like to do cubes of beef Yes, and sear that off and have just a, a totally different textural experience. No, I think that's a great idea. And um, uh, that's something you can do pretty easily. And, and instead of getting ground chuck, you just get a big old giant chuck roast, something that uh, you could use for other things as well. Um, and instead of uh, grinding it up, you're right. You cut it up in cubes, uh, sear it off, put that in the chili, and that gives you a whole new textural experience uh, when doing this stuff. That's really tasty. I like that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I don't ever make chili exactly the same way uh, twice. I've got kind of this recipe in my head that I, I use, but it's I don't have any uh, ingredients. or I'm sorry. I don't have any measurements written down. And so it, I, it's kind of fun to, to have it be always good, but a little different each time I make it, make it. And I have my standards. Like I like a bottle of Shinerbach in my chili. 
And uh, I like ancho, ground ancho chili powder because I love that deep smoky flavor that it brings to chili. And, you know, I'll add some ground chipotle for a little heat. But the big thing and what I would like to encourage everyone to try is take your pot of chili and once you're at the end of the cook or near the end of the cook, add the juice of one lemon. And that acidity just it takes it to another level. You're, you're not like tasting the lemon so much, but like I said, that acidity and that brightness just adds another layer to your chili that me and my family love. Ooh, now I really like that idea. Cause that sort of gives you a, um, a little punch of acid in it to, to sort of uh, work against all the richness of the meat. Um, tell me this, what kind of chilies do you put in your chili? So I usually just use stuff out of the pantry. I will use like a, a, like a McCormick hot chili powder. And then, like I said, the ancho and the chipotle, I don't generally get too fancy uh, with the chili. That's one of those things where I'm just grabbing from the pantry and dumping and going, but it sounds like you maybe do some more experimenting with, uh, with your chili. So, well, I will say, so one of the things I do like to do when it's hatch chili season, um, Mm -hmm which it, these are hatch chilies. They come from a, a specific part of New Mexico. Uh, for one reason or another, we really love hatch chilies in Austin, and it, the whole town sort of becomes like it's a hatch chili season, and you go to like a Tex-Mex place, and you get hatch chilies and all your stuff. And if you go to HEB, our great grocery store, you can buy them uh, fresh roasted by uh, the pound. And so one thing I like to do is I like to take uh, fresh um, uh, hatch chilies that have been roasted, and I put them in my chili um, because – they're great. They give it just a, it's a different kind of spice. Um, and, uh, I think that, that adds a nice sort of new uniqueness to it. Um, I also like to do, and, and I've done this a couple times before, uh, I've done a venison chili and, um, uh, that could be pretty good. Back when I uh, lived in DC, one of my roommates was quite the hunter and he once brought back just a truckload of, uh, venison, ground up venison, um, from uh, one of his hunts, and we used it to make an awesome chili. So I, I would say if you have, if you have the ability to explore a little bit on stuff like this, chili gives you a great um, sort of a great uh, vehicle to do that uh, because it's something we all enjoy. It's something we all have a recipe for, but it's also something that, as you mentioned, it it kind of changes a little bit every time you do it, right? And that's okay. Um, to sort of play with something like this. And so if you want to swap in venison, or I really like your chorizo idea, that sounds incredible, um, into your chili, I think that gives it uh, just a nice little difference. Uh, As long as you don't add beans, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now, I will say I have used the canned hatch chilies because I normally put a couple of cans of diced green chilies into it. And I've done fresh jalapeno also, but sometimes I keep the spice a little lower because I like things a lot spicier than my family does. So I try not to just blow them out with the heat, which I have a tendency to do when I cook specifically (laughs) for myself. Uh, But another thing I've done, you talk about getting uh, creative. I use tomato juice in my chili uh, in addition to the beer, but one time I tried making it with a Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix as oh, opposed yeah. to the tomato juice, which worked out well. Oh, I love that idea. That's fun. Um, we could do a whole show on Bloody Marys. I, I love Bloody Marys. They're one of my favorite drinks, and I have a very um, uh, particular Bloody Mary recipe that includes um, a pork stock, um, of all things. 
Um, but uh, yeah, no, I love that idea. Throwing, see, that's see, that's exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, Chili can be this sort of creative vehicle for you to do all sorts of fun stuff, and it's the perfect food for this time of year. It's cold out. Um, if you're going to be like at a tailgate, you know, it's kind of windy. Everybody's wearing like, uh, you know, warm jackets and stuff, uh, which is, you know, particularly warmer if you're like a Buffalo fan than if, if you're <laughs> yeah. uh, down here, like a Cowboys game or something. But, uh, the point is it's cooler at this time of year and, and a meal like this is perfect. Now I do say one thing I always, always, always like to serve with chili is good cornbread. That, that, that's what it was. See, I mean, you, you just got to have the good cornbread. My favorite way to do cornbread, I got to be honest, is in a cast iron pan in the oven. Um, I love that. I love to go that route because um, your your um, your cornbread gets like a nice crispy crust on the bottom uh, from the cast iron, and it just gives it a, a flavor I, I I just don't get otherwise. I love that. But cornbread is is my must-have side dish if you're having chili. I would concur with that. And I would also concur with the cast iron. Like, okay, I'll admit, you know, I'll use the GIF mix from time to time and kind of doctor it up myself. And it's amazing to me that there is no recipe on the box for cast iron. It lists the corn muffins and then it, you know, if you want to use a square pan, but it doesn't tell you if you want to use your cast iron, you need to oil it up, put it in the oven while it's preheating and let that thing get hot before you pour that batter in. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be super hot. And and when you pour it in, you want it to sizzle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, absolutely. And that just makes the best damn cornbread. Um, I love that. That's one of my favorite things. Um, and I always like to, it, here's the other thing you can do if you want to be a little creative when you do your um, chili for friends at, at a tailgate or whatever. Um, you can have all sorts of fun um, toppings and stuff for your yes. chili. With, you know, we got basics like cheese and, and sour cream. Um, I like to get, I like to get um, uh, like, like tortilla chips, the little uh, tortilla strips um, that you'd put on like a salad or, or whatever. Uh, I like those. Uh, you can do Fritos, obviously. Uh, there's the whole Frito chili pie thing. Uh, you can go that route as well. Um, I think that's a great place to sort of experiment a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of a, a basic one. I usually just do cheese and I'll sometimes do the Frito chili pie. My oldest daughter saw something online recently and tried it. And honestly, I, I'm normally pretty adventurous, but something about this combination, I couldn't bring myself to take a bite of it. But she took a mug and put the cornbread in the bottom and then ladled on the hot chili. And then she followed that with a mixture of mayonnaise and sour cream. And... Well, I haven't tried that before. <laughs> and I guess, you know, it's just going to be the richness of the mayonnaise. I mean, but just something about it. It was like, no, I'm not putting mayonnaise on my chili. <laughs> See, there's a part of me that's like, well, mayonnaise makes everything better. But I don't know. <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud, it's like, why didn't I just take a bite? Maybe this is the best thing in the world and I missed out. <laughs> I might have to try that next time I do some chili. Uh, hmm, that's interesting. I, I, I like that approach. Um, okay, so when you're drinking chili, it's rich, or when you're eating chili, it's rich, and you need a good drink uh, to cut through that. Uh, today, Rich has something really awesome, a barrel-aged cocktail. Rich, tell us all about it. So, a while back, I got one of those countertop barrels for aging. 
And naturally to experiment, the first thing I did was pour some moonshine in there. Now, not real moonshine, the moonshine that you buy at the liquor store, which is just unaged corn uh, liquor. And uh, that didn't work out so well because it's not big enough. And so the the fight against evaporation, you're going to lose too much of it before you get any real age on it. You know, there's just no comp- comparison between something that's been aged for a month versus something that's been aged for years, even in a smaller volume. But I got to thinking, and it was like, what if I made a batch of Negronis and put those in there and aged them? This is the way to go. It takes that Negroni where you and just a, a, a straight Negroni, Negroni recipe. I think I used a cup of each liquor of the, uh, and I let it sit, and it's been sitting for about three weeks now. And I had one on Friday night and it's still very much Negroni. You still have all of the flavors that you would expect, but it's had time to sit and come together. Kind of like a pot of chili will come together a little bit overnight and it's just a little softer and smoother. So, but again, it doesn't sacrifice any of the flavor, but it does just like I said, make it a little softer and smoother and just a really fun thing. And now I'm, I'm trying to think of other things. It's like, all right, what am I going to come up with next to barrel age? Because those little tabletop things are neat, but you're not going to make bourbon at home. But I do recommend getting one for the purpose of barrel aging some cocktails. Okay. So a barrel age Negroni. Um, if you had to barrel age another cocktail, I, cause I really like how this sounds. If you had to barrel age another cocktail, what would you go with? Maybe like a something like a, like a mezcal drink or something that might be good in a barrel. A mezcal drink might be good, uh, and maybe a uh, a Manhattan or maybe one of the riffs on the Manhattans. You know that people do experiment with tequila and things like that and making different iterations. And so I think something like that, like an old fashioned, is just too simple. Like even if you did an, an alternative old fashioned, like a rum old fashioned or a, a a cognac old fashioned or something. I don't think it's really going to change the flavor of those things that have been already been aged, but to your point, like a mezcal or something like that, it's just going to bring in that little bit of that wood flavor from the barrel and just, it's just fun. It adds a little something different. I really like this idea. Um, so let me just ask, was it easy to find one of those? It was. So I got it from a company that I sometimes shop with called Bespoke Post, which is this company that, yeah, geared towards men that had these monthly boxes. And that was one of the boxes one month. So I was like, what the hell? I'll get this tabletop thing. Uh, Let me look while we're sitting here talking. I bet you could find one on Amazon too. uh, Let's see, a barrel. No, not a barrel of monkeys. Yeah. So they've got a number of them on, on Amazon that you can get for various prices. You can actually go up and get a five-gallon barrel for 190 bucks if you really wanted to make a whole lot of cocktails. Oh, yeah. That one you might be able to do some actual bourbon in. Oh, yeah. No, I'm seeing this. No, this is totally this is totally affordable. Are you talking like 50 bucks or whatever? You get yourself a decent-sized uh, barrel. Uh, and how long did you leave it in? So it's been in about three weeks now, and I'm probably going to go ahead and finish it off. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how many I have left, but over the next week, because I think I'm getting to the point where it might start have diminishing returns where because of the sweet vermouth, 
having been at room temperature, it might start getting a little funky if I don't go ahead and finish it. God, I love that idea. I think that sounds really fun. Um, uh, and I do like the idea of doing like a, like a, a mezcal drink or something in there or, um, yeah, I mean, they got that, that, that there's a lot of possibilities there with your own barrel. Yeah. And it's easy. Uh, one thing I would tell people, I mean, it comes with the instructions, but, uh, if you do get one, make sure to keep it filled with water in between uses. So it doesn't dry out. Oh, see there, there, good advice. Um, all right, so there you go. You can make yourself some chili, an awesome barrel-aged uh, Negroni, and you're good to go. Um, yes. Catch yourself some good uh, football. Um, so, uh, Rich, as always, appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Brad.